Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. Since 1925, the Church has marked today, the last Sunday of this liturgical season we call Ordinary Time, as Christ the King Sunday. It was Pope Pius XI of the Catholic Church that instituted this observance as a response to the growing nationalism and secularism of the times. And while I admit to a slight discomfort with some of the royal imagery, symbolism, and language used throughout the day, I do, in fact, appreciate the focus and reminder that Jesus did, in fact, come to turn things upside down and reverse so much of our thinking about, well, just about everything. And what better way to do that than to use imagery and language equated with power and domination and then reverse the meaning in such a jarring way that maybe a new truth is revealed. Our Gospel readings each Sunday move through a three-year cycle, with each year offering a different lens to see the same feast day or event or season. Such is the case today. Today's Gospel is from John and gives us the trial scene in which Pilate confronts Jesus and asks, Are you the King of the Jews? And in that good pedagogical Jesus style, never really going to answer a question directly, he says, Not exactly. Jesus doesn't really answer the question, does he? Instead, he makes a statement that I think holds deep wisdom and hope for us today. He says, My kingdom is not from the world. He doesn't say my kingdom is somewhere else. What I hear him saying is his kingdom is not somewhere, but something else. So this morning I want us to explore what that something else might be. And to hear those few words maybe as a gateway to a new perspective on what it means to accept Jesus as our Lord, or King, or Savior. And for those of us who still wrestle with that kind of masculine imagery and language, maybe today, just for a day, we could put down our resistance just long enough to explore and entertain the possibility and power of reclaiming what might be off-putting or otherwise just disturbing imagery. Could it be that Jesus is inviting us to travel to an altogether different kind of kingdom? Not one of place, not one that could ever be found on a map, but rather a kingdom based on relationships. A kingdom that if we truly discern and discover could impact who and how we are in the world as sons and daughters, as princes and princesses of peace and justice and love and equity and mercy, ready to challenge the violence and destruction so rampant in the world today. In the Gospel of John, The Jesus portrayed by that gospel writer wants us to see that his kingdom is only about place if place indicates the profound and intimate place of our relationship with the divine. 
Jesus' kingdom is not about wealth or power or garnering control over others. Jesus' kingdom is not about ruling over others, but about reaching out to connect honestly with each other. Jesus' kingdom is not about controlling or manipulating a win or a tactile maneuver for a chosen few, but instead about cultivating a place and a purpose through authentic, qualitative, honest relationships. In other words, when Jesus says, my kingdom is not from this world, I hear his words as an explanation or even an invitation suggesting that there is nothing and no one other than God that has the power to direct and guide his life and his actions. Jesus' kingdom is not about answering Pilate because Pilate represents a form of power and violence and manipulation that has no place in the kingdom of God. Pilate is trying to entrap Jesus and force the boundaries of Jesus' kingdom to conform to the world, and Jesus is having none of it. Jesus' kingdom is from God, just as Jesus is from God, and Jesus is God's kingdom. The concept of kingdom is radically recalculated in the Gospel of John, from kingdoms that strain and sever relationships to a kingdom that puts loving relationships at its very core. And it is this turning upside down of whatever we imagine when we hear the word kingdom that can draw us into a new way of thinking about power. When kingdom is construed for the truth of relationship and not domination over others, when kingdom means a way to live through the truth of incarnation and not simply a place or location, when kingdom inspires our choices for the truth of love and not the law, then we have moved into Jesus' kingdom. The footprints of the citizens in the kingdom of God who have been left before us reveal a splendid path and leave markers for us to follow. And now we here at Trinity are called to join in that journey We have a unique perspective, I believe, as a progressive, inclusive, creative, downtown expression of Christianity. It is our absolute burden and blessing to wrestle earnestly with the language and images that the church has often used that have kept many people at arm's length to God's love. And do not be mistaken, this kind of citizenship is not easy or without heartache and challenges. It is, after all, the path that led Jesus to the cross. But that is the king we are to remember today. As members of the church and citizens of this very different kind of kingdom, we are also called to witness to God's call to nonviolence and peace, even amidst times of devastation and unspeakable violence. Another citizen of the kingdom of God was Martin Luther King, Jr., a champion who courageously turned the tables on the powers and principalities of other dominant and oppressive forces in a different kind of kingdom. His words about Christian nonviolence still challenge us to find ways to move towards this kingdom mentality. 
reversing our natural and all-too-human response to respond from a place of vengeance and hate. Here are some of his Kingdom of God words when he writes, The ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral, begetting the very thing it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies it. Through violence, you may murder the liar, but you cannot murder the lie, nor establish the truth. Through violence, you may murder the hater, but you do not murder hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate. So it goes. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So what do we do here? Where do we go from this place? On a day when we are invited to move towards dissevering citizenship and a new kind of kingdom, a new kind of relationship to God, into a kingdom embracing weakness and vulnerability, mercy and veracity as signs of true purpose and power, what do we do as those kinds of citizens? Well, I, for one, am going to take a chance on this kind of king and on this kind of kingdom. I, for one, am going to put down my well-crafted feminist objections to the offensive and kingly language, and I'm just going to let myself become a subject in this kind of kingdom of love. I, for one, am going to try to witness to the one who demonstrated power through weakness. I, for one, am going to try to witness to the one who manifested strength through vulnerability. I, for one, am going to be one to try to witness to the one who established justice and mercy for all, and who built the kingdom of God by embracing a confused, chaotic, and violent world. And all of that, all of that is an invitation, reminding us that light is stronger than darkness, love is stronger than hate, and that with Christ as our King, all good things are still possible. May it be so.